Hi, welcome to the Waiting Wall Changes Everything podcast. I'm your host, Courtney. And I'm Kelly, founder and writer behind the Waiting Well Changes Everything ministry. The Bible overflows with stories of God's people waiting on his promises. We ask, we seek, we knock, and then we wait upon the Lord. Waiting Well Changes Everything ministry reminds us of the specific promises from God that secure our footing. With obedience and faith, it is possible to experience unanticipated blessings simply because we choose to wait well upon the Lord. Welcome to episode four. How are you doing, Mom? Woohoo! <laughs> <laughs> I'm doing well. I'm I'm gonna ask our listeners to bear with my nasally uh, sound as I'm getting over a cold. Okay, so you said you wanted to talk today about the seven adjustments to our thinking when it comes to waiting well. What does that mean? <laughs> well, God gave me seven kind of helpful hints, helpful ways of approaching waiting well. And so I just want to go through those. Um, for example, the first one is looking at the season of life that we're in. This waiting well, standing on a promise from God has far more to do with your own relationship with God and if we're not careful, we can actually miss out on the holy transformation that God has planned and purposed for us because we're too busy focusing on what we see with our eyes rather than what God is going to show us within our hearts. Yeah, that's good. That's good to hear. I mean, I'm in my own season of waiting for something right now and I notice the majority of my prayers are all focused around... Lord, if it's your will, give me this, or when will I get this, or I really, like, this is a desire of my heart, and not a, God, what are you showing me in this season, or how are you changing my heart, or how are you pursuing my heart in this season, Um, and so I think that's a good reminder as well to kind of realign your prayers in a season of waiting, too. Absolutely. And and actually, that's a great transition into the second one, is that we pray very often that God will confirm what we are thinking or give us a sign that we're okay to do what we want or prove a decision that we've really, when you're honest, you've already made the decision. It's like I've talked to people that um, see see names of businesses on the sides of tractor trailer trucks going down the interstate or they they see a a work truck of somebody in front of them at an intersection and they're constantly uh their their eyes are scanning the landscape constantly looking for these signs and these reinforcements and what we should actually be praying for is the holy spirit to conform our thoughts in alignment to God's plan, which is exactly what you're talking about. Yeah. I mean, I think there's a time and place to ask God for a sign, but I've noticed in my life when I ask God, like, give me a sign, I've noticed like just seeds of doubt kind of get planted where I'm like, is that a sign? Oh, wait, what if that's the sign? Did I miss, did I like, did I miss it? Did I read it wrong? Exactly. And when you're in those moments, If you really stop and think about what's going on inside of you, there's lots of turmoil going on. And when you're constantly on the lookout for signs and and you're looking for reinforcement, 
That's not God's peace resting inside you. And when you can, when you pray for God to conform, for the Holy Spirit to conform your mind and your soul into the plans that God has already designed for you, you're all you're doing is asking for an alignment. You want your will to surrender and to pick up God's will and to align your heart into the plans and the purposes that he has designed for you. Which is a good reminder, though, because I'm often wondering if God's aligned with my purposes instead of me being aligned with his purpose. Exactly. And that's a great segue into the next one. You know, there's a cell phone company that said that their line is, can you hear me? Can you hear me now? And I have to often have to wonder, is, is that what God is saying to us? How do you align your heart? How do you allow the Holy Spirit to conform your thoughts into God's thoughts if your life is so full of distractions and barriers that his Holy Spirit can't make it through it all? Yeah, and I think the biggest barrier for me is being busy. Um, and, you know, as you were speaking, I was kind of reminded of this verse. It's in First Kings 19, um, and he's talking about Elijah, but it says, uh, Then a great and powerful wind tore the mountains apart and shattered the rocks before the Lord, but the Lord was not in the wind. After the wind, there was an earthquake, but the Lord was not in the earthquake. After the earthquake came a fire, but the Lord was not in the fire. And after the fire came a gentle whisper. And after the gentle whisper, that's when Elijah heard God's voice. And when I'm busy, I'm just not in a position to be able to hear like a still small or voice or a gentle whisper. Exactly. And then if you take that and you correlate it uh, to when you're standing on a promise from God, if you're waiting for a restoration of your marriage or, you know, any other promise from God, that traffic, that busyness, that correlates to your eyes watching the circumstances. You're analyzing somebody else's behavior. You're focusing on what isn't happening in your timing, in your in your plan and purpose, in the way that it you think that it should all roll out. And really, when you take all of those different components, it comes down to patience. Having patience in God's will, having patience to listen and wait for that still small voice. And it's actually patience is one of the, another one of the adjustments that God has given me. When what we want doesn't come in the timing, we feel it should. Our patience for what we think should happen actually can override our trust and faith. And God had given me the sentence that I absolutely love a while ago. God's not right now may actually be a protection over you while he's working in you. And so many times, you know, this circles back to all the different things we've already talked about. So many times we're so busy, so focused on needing and wanting to get to that end point, whatever that end is, that we miss the transformation along the way. I can remember before COVID hit, one uh, night I was standing at the kitchen sink washing the dishes and you know I'm just I'm in my thought process thinking the day through and all of a sudden that still small voice came from behind me and said see see if I had given you what you wanted when you wanted it 
none of this would have happened. And I just, I stopped. I remember my hands being in the warm water and just visually recollecting the last couple of years prior to that and realizing that God protected me and in the same time he took me on a journey and if I, I was so preoccupied with getting to that end result I would have missed all of the transformation that he had designed and he had purposed for me along the way. Yeah I think it took me a while to get to the point where I realized a no from God is just as good as a yes from God when it comes to things that we prayed for. Yeah, and a no isn't necessarily a no. A no many times can be not right now. If you're praying for God's will to work in your life, if you're standing on a promise from God and you know that that promise, um, it's either been confirmed or it aligns perfectly with scripture, but you're not seeing that happen right now, that patience, impatience kicks in and people think, well, you know, God's not doing any, he doesn't want to do it. Well, it may just be that it's a not right now, that God has certain things in line for you, for the other person that's involved, for the prodigal, for um, maybe outsiders, for family members. God is creating a bigger trans, a bigger testimony through your transformation than what you have in mind. And this reminds me of this image I saw online a couple years ago. And it's this picture of this little girl holding a teddy bear and Jesus is kneeling in front of her and he's got his arm outstretched asking her to give him the teddy bear. And she said, no, like, I, I don't want to give it to you. I want this teddy bear. And God's just saying, just trust me. And what this little girl doesn't see is that behind Jesus's back, he has this even like bigger, more beautiful teddy bear, right? And so it's just kind of this picture of, yeah, we, a lot of times we don't want to surrender to God. Like we don't want to give up control of some things um, that he asked for, not really realizing that he has something even better planned for us very true that's that's a perfect image and it actually is a great uh connection into the next point which is talking about miracles and the fact that um oftentimes when we're in that point of struggling what god has behind his back or what he has planned is a miracle Priscilla Shire has this great quote that I love. It says, we all want to witness a miracle, but nobody wants to be in a position where a miracle is required. And that is when we're standing on a promise from God and the divorce papers come or the separation comes or another negative pregnancy test comes, we think that's the end. We think that we're backed up against, you know, the, the Red Sea. But what we have to stop and realize is the miracle of the Red Sea parting had a purpose. God orchestrated his chosen people in their dead end. And he orchestrated their Egyptian enemy coming after them because it was his plan to deliver them. He used those circumstances to show the Israelites that he was to be trusted, that he would provide for them that there would be no physical barrier that they saw as impossible that God couldn't overcome. And so, 
you know, when, when the divorce papers do come or that negative pregnancy test does come, that's not necessarily God inflicting a dead end in your situation. It could very well be that God is orchestrating the miracle. He literally parted the Red Sea not to save them from death or not to save you from the situation that you're going through but to provide you, to provide them an opportunity for you to see his glory, his power manifested in a way that you would have never predicted nor accomplished on your own or their own. God orchestrates all of it and he has been orchestrating all of it so that the Israelites had an opportunity to stand on the other side of the trial with the assurances that God was to be trusted. Yeah, and trusting God, I mean, that can be really hard. I mean, I think of my own season of waiting with every negative pregnancy test I've been taking for the past couple years. I have to remember that, like, God has a purpose and he never does anything falsely. That's exactly right. And that's, again, a good transition into the next um piece that God had given me is about about the word falsely um I've especially in marriage restoration in that process of marriage restoration I often hear people saying oh it was a false start and that like God God stirred this complete frustration and just like not anger but just contempt for that phrase false starts and I understand that there's a ministry out there that talks about false starts but you need to understand that there's no such thing as false starts in God's ministry of reconciliation God does nothing falsely or without purpose you know if, if you equate the journey that you're on in marriage restoration not so much um, in the fertility thing maybe but in the marriage restoration the journey is much like an earthquake. You know, when an earthquake happens, you don't just get this huge 8.5 uh, degree earthquake. Typically, it's there's little tremors that are leading up to that big shake. And those tremors, when you're looking at marriage, the process of marriage restoration and standing on a promise from God, those tremors are orchestrated by God to chisel our characters. They break down our preconceived beliefs. They realign our postures under his authority so that as these tremors happen along the way, he's preparing us for that moment in which the big earthquake, the big breakthrough, the, the restoration actually happens. There is nothing in God's kingdom that is a false start or, or a false positive or, I mean, God does everything purposefully and intentionally. Which is actually really hard to hear when you're walking like me through infertility. Um, a lot of times I get to these points when I wonder like, you know, why are you doing this? <laughs> Where are you? Um, but I think it's also bringing me into a greater dependence on the Lord um, and showing me his sufficiency um, and goodness even when these the things of this earth are making it hard to see. That's very true. And I think it's 
all the more important that we go back to what the Holy Spirit spoke to me at the sink and said, see, see, if I had given you what you wanted, when you wanted it, you never would have gone through this transition. And I, and it's so hard where, when we're in these seasons, we want to get to the end. We don't want to go through the suffering. We don't want to go through the, the waiting that God has for us. But it's so important to be focusing not on the circumstances and not how far out the end result may be, but looking at what he has along the journey that we're to learn and we're to transform. Because all of that is like him investing in us so that when we get to that end point, it's, it's going to be like the teddy bear. It's going to be greater than what we had could ever have designed or planned for ourselves. And I think that promise is just the hope that we have to cling to in the waiting. Very true. Very true. So the last one that God placed on my heart uh, is not an easy segue from our previous conversation. It's a reminder that God has all of these different aspects of his kingdom. And the enemy has designed the opposite kind of counter, um, like the, the Trinity, God has the Trinity of the Father and Son and the Holy Ghost, and Satan has designed his own system within his kingdom. God has the fruits of the Holy Spirit. The enemy has, you know, the works of the flesh, which I equate to Satan has his own fruits that he loves to uh, stir up in people. Every day we have a choice that we make in our decisions and our thought process. And so we have, we have to make a choice and that has nothing to do with the circumstances that we're in at the moment. It has nothing to do with people who are triggering us or our past. It's literally our own choice of which fruit we're going to allow to manifest and flourish within us. When we take our eyes off all that isn't right in our lives and choose to surrender and align our posture under God's authority, those good fruits begin to grow. Life begins to flourish even in the midst of the turmoil. But again, it all starts with a choice. Hmm. You know, when, when we look at the fruits of the Holy Spirit, we get love and joy, peace and patience, kindness and goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. When we look at the, what I call Satan's fruits of, of his kingdom, we get sexual immorality, mural, moral impurity, promiscuity, idolatry, sorcery, hatred, strife, jealousy, outbursts of anger, selfish ambitions, dissensions, factions, envy, drunkenness, carousing, and anything similar. I mean, you could just see right there that, that there are literally two sides of this walk that we take and in any moment we choose it is it is our choice how we're going to react and in that moment when we're faced with a trigger which fruit are we going to allow to manifest are we going to allow peace and self-control to dictate the situation or are we going to fall into selfishness or outbursts of anger or jealousy in a situation. It all comes down to a choice. 
And what's crazy is that even that choice, God doesn't expect us to make it in our own strength. Like even the Holy Spirit is what allows us to one, recognize the choice and two, have the strength and the courage to pick the fruit of the Holy Spirit. We couldn't do even that without God. Exactly. All right. Well, those were good pointers or no. What are they called? Adjustments. Adjustments. (laughs) Uh, No, they're not. They were seven adjustments to your thinking. Oh, (laughs) okay. Should we cut this out? No. Okay. We'll just leave it in there. We're going to do a blooper roll when this is all done. Blooper reel. Blooper reel. Whatever. (laughs) All right. Well, thanks for listening, everyone. And we will see you next week. No, they will hear us next week. They will hear us next week. (laughs) See you, everyone. Bye.